Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guy. This is the third in a series on understanding the kingdom of God. The first episode we had back at the start of November was on the prevalence of the kingdom of God. As Jesus said, they both said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Or the better translation, the kingdom of God is right beside you. It's here now. So it's prevalent today. That was the first one. Then episode number two, we talked about the goodness of the kingdom of God. You see, it talks about in the scripture that the glory of God will cover the whole earth. We read that scripture the last time from Habakkuk 2.14, the glory of God. And glory has a lot of beautiful connotations and meanings, but in a nutshell, glory means goodness. So the goodness of God is going to cover the whole earth. Now, how will that occur? By the kingdom of God being revealed and manifested. That's what we talked about the last time we were together. We spent a good deal of time on the goodness of God. And we, we said that the kingdom of God does not just consist in words, but it's in power. It's in the power of our deeds, of doing good works inspired by the Spirit of God. We talked about how Jesus went about doing good, and also along with that, he healed the sick, delivered those of demons that had demons, uh, and, and brought life to people. So that's that kind of brings us up to where we were the last time. We were talking about the goodness of God. Today we're going to get into the next part, which is understanding the kingdom of God, or part three, defining the kingdom of God. What does this really mean when we define the kingdom of God? Yes, it's prevalent. It's here and in the now. And yes, it's good, that's part of it, but there's uh, more depth that we want to get into. The kingdom of God, we said before in the, in the latter episode, maybe the first episode, is both a heavenly kingdom here, right beside you, like I'm beside my microphone today. It's also for future application when we get to heaven, but we can experience it now. Luke 17, 21 says, the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside of each of us that are born-again children of God. And then we talked about, for the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but of power. I mentioned that scripture, 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is to be all about the nature of God then, which is power, grace, love, and beauty. And it's to be demonstrated. It's to be shown out, not just talked about. Colossians 1, 13 to 14, we've mentioned this before. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. He's brought us into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. We learned that those were interchangeable terms in the Bible. He's brought us into the kingdom of his Son, which is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So that's where it all starts at. We're brought in, we're transferred, and now we're in the kingdom of God. The first point I really want to stress today is the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, really then is us, his church. All right? Uh, let's read, I will read for you Matthew 16, 15 to 19. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? This is Jesus talking. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, 
for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let's go back and look at that verse a little bit. So Jesus revealed to Simon, was revealed to him that Jesus was the Son of God. God gave him inspiration through the Holy Spirit that that's who Jesus was. And because of that, Jesus said, because you have this revelation and, of course, his faithfulness as a disciple and later an apostle, he said, on this rock that is on you as a foundation, like a foundation of an apostle, I will do what? I will build my church. So the kingdom of God is built on his church through men of God like Peter and other people that are leaders in the church. And hell will not overcome it. I will give you, see how they're related, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So he's building on that foundation of the apostles and prophets and uh, men and women of God and their giftings and the keys of heaven will be given. So that's how that's related. The kingdom of God or of heaven is the church. Let's look at 1 Peter 2.9. Peter says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Catch that, royal priesthood. We're deity, we're of royalty, we're kings and queens. And that's from a holy nation. Then he says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's talking about the church. That's talking about the overcoming saints of God who are part of the kingdom of God, which is the same as the church. Now, really, let's go and look at a, the meat, maybe the main meat of this topic of defining and understanding the kingdom of God, the most central scripture then, and we all know it well, I believe, Matthew 6, 9 to 10, and Jesus talking to the disciples of how they should pray. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now that's just not a passerby or a flippant prayer that we say maybe every Sunday when we gather in our churches, but he really meant, Jesus really meant that to happen. And this is shown by the imperative language. It is in the Greek language, which is the imperative language that this was stated in by Jesus. That means when we say it's imperative, that it is a command. It's not just a suggestion. It implies that Jesus is instructing all his disciples, the disciples then that he said to pray that, and us today, his followers as well, that we pray that we are to make commands, when we pray that is, upon God and upon heaven to accomplish God's purposes on the earth. It's not just a flippant prayer. It's a de declaration. It's a command that we are to be praying and we are to be declaring. It is a clear declaration and you, we, must say it in power with an exclamation mark. That's how he said it and how it was written. Here's a way to say it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it has already been accomplished in heaven. That's the Greek rendering. Let me read that again. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth or as it has already been accomplished in heaven. In other words, we, the followers of Jesus, are instructed to become or be brokers of what is in heaven 
on earth. We're to broker it, bring it forth, manifest the kingdom of heaven on earth. Our job here is to bring what is already there in heaven and to have it manifested here on this planet. That is the correct definition of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Let me read that again. Our job as saints here on the earth is to have the kingdom of God manifest through us here on this planet. That is the correct definition of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. The rule and reign, as it were, of God breaking forth on this planet through his people. It's not the idea that the church becomes predominant, the predominant institution necessarily on the earth, though I do think that model of of the church as an institution is going to become more and more irrelevant as the very presence and glory of God breaks out beyond the walls of that church with the steeple on it as we know it. You know, I've always said the church is in a cave over in China. It's in the Starbucks coffee shop where two brothers are talking about the Bible. It's it's in the library where you may discuss the word. It's wherever two or three people are gathered. You know, you could be at an amusement park walking around talking about the things of God. That's really the church. That's really the spread of the kingdom. The church must be defined as the siblings of Jesus and the sons and daughters of the Most High. That's really what the church is. It's not a building or the steeple. The church defined is really a congregation where people of God are gathering, wherever that might be. Like I said, at the amusement park. At a baseball game, it's wherever they gather, where people gather. It heralds back to the days where the people in Israel gathered around animal sacrifices. And it shows forth the simple beauty of the bride of Christ. As John says, as he is, so are we in the world. You see, Jesus went around in the world doing good things wherever he was. He didn't have to just go to the synagogue. He'd be walking down the street, out in the marketplace, and see somebody who needed healing or delivered from demons, and he would do that. And that's what we're to do. I also like this scripture. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I'm experiencing myself that scripture more and more. John the Beloved wrote that. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Well, he's appearing more and more to me every day. It's not just talking about the rapture or the end of the church when he comes back, but it's also application for today. When he shall appear, we, me, you, can be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I'm seeing him more and more as he is. And as John the Baptist also said, I must decrease so he can increase. And we're talking about seeing him and loving as he loves, and being empowered as he was empowered, and doing the greater works that he talked about in John as well. That's what we're talking about. He's not just another thought that a friend of mine shared the other day that I'll just throw in here as a a bonus. He's not just restoring us individually, you know, to do the works of the church, to do the works of the kingdom, but he is arranging us corporately to work together. See, it does no good to just be a spiritual lone ranger. You're meant to work with a community of saints. You're meant to work with the church of God together and have your gift tie in and work with another person's gift, to have it complement another person's gift and have their gift complement yours. That's what we're talking about. Here's a huge paradigm shift. This is all the understanding the kingdom of God, the prevalence of the kingdom of God, defining the kingdom of God, the goodness of the kingdom of God, To understand all that and have God enlighten you with that revelation 
is a huge paradigm shift from our normal thinking about just go to church on Sunday and that's our fulfillment to the call of God. There's much more to it than that. It's a living your life out and laying your life down every day. So it's a huge paradigm shift. To understand the kingdom of heaven is to understand our responsibility to bring heaven to earth in a definable, knowable, experiential, and tangible way. Let me say that again. To understand the kingdom of heaven is to understand your and my responsibility. Remember, we can have ability, but we have to respond. It's our responsibility to bring heaven to earth in definable, knowable, experiential, and tangible ways. That's what it's about. I mean, if you don't understand that, you don't really know and understand what the kingdom of God is. Responsibility. I heard someone say today, and it's been on my mind, it doesn't matter how much ability you have if you don't have availability. You can have all the ability there is, but unless you're available for what God wants to do, it doesn't matter. We can learn all the Bible knowledge we want in our head and go to church on Sundays and Bible studies, But the kingdom of God is meant to be demonstrated. Jesus went about doing acts of good. Acts, you can look that up. I think it's um, the scriptures, Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power. Why? To feel good and have goosebumps? No, to go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil. That's what we should be doing out in the marketplace, out at the grocery store, out at the, you know, the mall, seeing people in need and demonstrating the kingdom of God. This is the same principle that Jesus gave the 70. This was even before the real second covenant, the new covenant was consummated. He still sent the 70 out two by two, and he gave them these instructions. He didn't tell them that Jesus Christ is going to die and forgive you of your sins. He didn't tell them to tell that message. He said, bring people whose homes you go into a blessing. Have a meal with them. Heal the sick that are there. That's what he said. They were demonstrating the kingdom that way. This showed the goodness of God in a tangible way. Doing the goodness of God in a tangible way by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we all have that. It said again, that scripture that, I read earlier in Luke, I think it's um, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is within you. You have that. You have that ability. But like I asked earlier, do you have the availability? Are you available to God? Let's close today and ask, are you available to God with the ability, with the Holy Spirit and the gifts and talents he's put in you? Are you available when you go to the store? Maybe you see that man on the corner begging for money. Are you available That doesn't necessarily mean you give him money, though you could. But do you have a word of encouragement that God could give you for him? Are you available for the lady down the street? And I'm not talking about trying to be a good Mormon and do a lot of good works. I'm talking about being inspired by the Spirit. Are you available to the older lady down the street who's attempting to put up her Christmas lights? Or are you too busy for that? Are you like the Good Samaritan or all those that passed that man on the road by that was hurt? Where you would give aid and comfort to somebody that is hurting... Or do you just rush by with your life? God wants available people, available men and women of God that will show forth and show out and demonstrate the good things of the kingdom. 
whether that be with your money, a word of encouragement, a prayer for that person to be healed. Are you available today? You have a lot of ability. If you know Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is within you. But what are you doing about it? So that is our episode for today. We'll be back in another week or so to continue on with understanding the kingdom of God. There's a lot more we want to cover in this topic. So thank you for listening. Again, the call to action today is, are you available to demonstrate in love, in a tangible way, the kingdom of God? God bless you. Hey, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family.